everybody, this is Issa Cosette, and you are listening to Issa's Way, your favorite podcast that uplifts amazing people around the world. And today we have a very special guest near and dear to my heart, the Effie Nkuma, previously known as Binuma. This, she is an energetic, charming performer, an interdisciplinary artist, writer, and lover of food, and holds an MA in arts politics from NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. As Benuma, her practice relies on memory and the archive and is driven by the concept of challenging the single story of Africa through stories of continental Africans in the diaspora, creating work that is entertaining, aesthetically pleasing, and discussion prompting. Her installation series, See What I See, has been performed in Sydney, New York, and Accra, she is currently a swing in the Australian cast of the reimagined Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in the roles of Hermione and the Trolley Witch and Madame Hooch. She is also the owner of the Australian Guinean clothing brand, Kazia Jemima. But first of all, can we just talk about this bio, though? Her experiences, the art, the memory, the location, the practice, the performance. I am just honored because I had the honor to me, Effie, while she was studying abroad in Puerto Rico, and we have been connected since for our love of the diaspora, of dance, of just life. And I'm just grateful that we're finally able to catch up on your journey. Um, we Before the mic came on, you were just talking about that you're in the moment of coming up for air. Just just talk about that. Tell the people just a little bit about yourself and, and how blessed it is now that you have finally found your breath. So welcome, Effie. Thank you for coming on my show. <laughs> You know, I was just reading some old notes of mine and one of them was talking about how, like, you're supposed to share your story. Like, that's why you live a life, to share your story. And so I guess this is just one of those times where God's like, share your story. <laughs> so I'm very grateful and honoured. Thank you. I'm grateful that you just mentioned that. And that's how we're definitely going to tap in and going into the first question about God allowing you to share your story. And can we just talk about how your faith has influenced your international performances, your experiences, your travels um, over the years? And I know you recently just like came back home. You're in Sydney now. When I met you, you were at NYU. And then after NYU, you spent some time in Ghana. Can you talk about that transition from NYU to Ghana and now in Sydney and how you overcame these challenges and those lows that you didn't expect? Okay, well, I will say that I've got to tell you that I'm actually in Melbourne. So I went NYU back okay, to Okay, Melbourne, Ghana. not, okay, sorry. Yeah, and then Ghana back to Sydney and then Sydney to Melbourne. So it's been wow. a long... <laughs> All over. International girl, okay. Oh, girl. There are a few analogies that over the past few years God's given me, and I guess I'll just share all of them. One of them is, um, you know, the elephant. Elephants are... are pregnant for a couple of years as opposed to our nine months you know yeah they carry that child for, for a few years and I get it they're bigger you know there's more of them and all of that but it's sort of that thing of like if you um your time is different it's always going to be different there are a lot of times when I feel like god there are things I was doing eight years ago that at the time like everybody was like uh, uh, uh. And I allowed a lot of voices to get to me. And here we are eight years later, and people are doing things that I was doing and I get mad. And it's like, well, who are you mad at really? <laughs> they, they didn't know what you did. You gave it up because you heard their voices and now you're mad. And it's like, okay, God, I get that. So like, what's that? A reminder to like, 
really stay true to who I am and 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 not be afraid of playing the long game. The people who were who are consistent. I don't know if consistency is my 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 a strong uh, skill, a skill of mine, or a strong point of mine. But it's something that I've been looking at a lot lately. That you can be really talented at something, but someone who's just doing it consistently will definitely get further. Um, so that's been a, a huge learning curve for me through this transitioning time um, to stay the to stay and be patient. Which leads me to the next thing that God's been showing me, which is about planting seeds. Now, there are two ways I've been seeing that. One is um, in order to bloom, you have to first be planted. And that involves a lot of things. You know, the ground has to be right and fertile for you. If the soil isn't right for you, you're not going to grow. You'll probably experience a bit of growth, but it's not going to be the right kind. You won't be healthy and strong. Um, so you need to be planted in the right soil, which literally means the right location at that point in time. But then we forget that no matter how beautiful the plant or whatever, there has to be a season of darkness and of quiet. And, um, you know, I guess for some, it could be the midlife crisis. It could be the traumatic experience. It could be the, the toxic workplace or relationship. But through all these events, you know, the trauma might be, being put into the soil and covered with water and, and it's like what's going on and everything sucks and it's dirty and it's old but you need that in order to then find the quiet and and the solitude and the reflection and I think coming out of what New York did for me coming from Ghana and before that growing up in Sydney was it enabled me to understand that all the things I'd been feeling deeply and thinking about already had a language. People, other people felt, thought, and were thinking about it. And some of them had been able to write it down for me to then read and go, oh, I'm not alone in this. And then it gave me a chance to say, well, wh what are your words in this? Where do you fit in this? How, how, how are you going in that? Going back to Ghana, I think was literally my soil seed planting time in that that was possibly not, it was the right decision, but I might not have understood that my time there was was limited and I was holding on because it was familiar and it was, the difficulties were easier than starting again. And so I literally held myself in a space that then, uh, and then I allowed myself to become toxic, bitter, resentful. And it's because actually, when I look back, I needed to be out of the soil and I was still in it. And I was uncomfortable and I didn't like it, but and then I was screaming like, get me out of the soil. But then there comes the harvest and the the way you're harvested from that that's not where I was meant to be. The people there didn't were not equipped to pull me out or to water or whatever needs to be done for me to bloom and come out. Um, and so I really believe you know I came back to Australia initially for my brother's wedding. It was meant to be you know uh, in September of 2021. I got back into a two week quarantine because. Australia lockdown the day I flew out of Ghana and when I was flying out the week I flew out 
I decided to pack my suitcase, but something said, pack your wardrobe, put all these things in boxes and suitcases. And I packed everything in my house. Subconsciously, I knew I wasn't coming back. But in my mind, it was like, oh, it's because I'm going to throw these out. I'm going to do that. And then there. No, God was like, you're not coming back. And it needs to be easy for your friends left there to pack your things and put it away. Um, so I got back and then went into quarantine and then was told um, Australia was in another lockdown. New South Wales, where Sydney is, was in lockdown, which meant my brother's wedding had to be postponed. And so where I was meant to go back in October, the wedding was now in December. And so it was like, well, obviously, you're not going anywhere. Um, and that's when I saw God move. And this is the next analogy he gave me, which was the bamboo. Bamboo is under the ground for, I've lost it now, but a long time. Uh, it's a type of bamboo, I should correct myself for those who are picky like me, like, well, not all bamboo. Okay, some bamboo <laughs> has to be under the ground for, I think, a year or so, maybe more. You don't see or hear anything. But once it breaks through, it goes up to six feet in a matter of uh, days, right? And so I could see that happening in my life. And that happened, I think, because... Uh, I my prayer life changed and I just kept throwing things in the bin spiritually. I was like, okay. And then I remember one day I was like, you know what, Lord, like if this is what you've been trying to tell me, I've got it. I hear you. I'm not, I'm nothing. I'm not what I thought I was. Um, I have a master's degree. I can't do anything with it because I don't even know we're in a lockdown. Stuff it. And so I went and applied for a customer service job for a, a local supermarket and was taking calls every day for people whose dinner didn't get <laughs> delivered and their groceries went to their neighbour. And after two months of that, I was miserable, beyond miserable. So I remember one day going on my knees and I was like, you know what, if, what, if the fire in my heart that hasn't dimmed is not going out, then clearly you have more for me and there's something I'm missing. So, Lord, I want a job. I want to be in my field, but I don't want to make the mistake I've made before. So the next thing that comes, let it be, um, I think I said, I, I want my name to be mentioned in a room and I want my name to be enough for credibility's sake, that people hear my name and go, yes. I want um, to not have to give a reference because I didn't, and it sounds prideful, but I didn't want where I had come from to be the she's good enough. Not because they wouldn't have done it, but I just didn't want that. I wanted to know that what God had given me was enough. And that was probably a Thursday. By the next day, I'd received a call from um, someone who'd worked on See What I See when I brought it to Sydney in 2019. And she offered me a, a job. She's like, are you interested in getting back into theatre? And I was like, <laughs> up until yesterday, no. <laughs> 
and she was, and her, her words were, well, I was just in this meeting. Your name came up. Every five, four out of the five women at the table said, yep. The one who doesn't know you said, I've heard of her and we want you. And I, you know, everything around me just went. I couldn't talk. I like, oh. And that was the last thing that God told me, like, nothing is ever wasted. That verse that says, I, God uses all things for, the, for those who love him, yes. And so it's like, there's nothing that you've done, Effie, that's, that I'm not going to use. You just need to stay calm and really learn how to focus and trust. Two months later, I got the audition for Harry Potter and then had to move from the tour of that show straight here to go on stage. Um, so, yeah. I love it. I love that you were able to break down the seasons to realize, you know, your place. Like you said, the different um metaphors of your life and the movements and the season and the planting and the purpose um and the growth right and also just like staying in a place that you've outgrown and trying to make that work right because I always have always told myself since I started traveling that comfort isn't truth and I have found myself in a similar situation in Puerto Rico like I'm grateful that you even though you know it's, it's not been easy have had those experiences to realize and come up and say okay no lord there's a reason why you had me go through that. There's a reason why I had to spend some time. There's a reason why I had to temporarily work two months to realize that this ain't what I want, even though I thought I was over it. I was part <laughs> about it. Um, um, can you talk about just like the power of healing um, through your art and the techniques that you um, practice to be where you are right now? I have found that writing and not just journaling, but writing my poetry is healing but it's not immediate and so um when I look back again when I was preparing for today I just kind of went through a lot of poems and then I, I started going through my notes on my phone and I was finding poems that I had written down that I didn't even like they weren't like oh this is a poem that I've typed on my laptop and it's in the poetry folder like it's just something that I've written and then it takes me back to that moment and I go oh my gosh like whew, you know and so I feel like it's almost like a for me the, te the technique of using poetry and writing um because a lot of the the writing I started doing later on wasn't necessarily poetic it was just <laughs> bird vomit um but I, I feel like what it was was an archiving and a moving forward at the same time or maybe just an archiving you know you've put it down and you've explained to yourself and to God how you feel in words and in imagery and in images and metaphors and you've written it all out and now you're like this is how I feel and I started working on a, a, a book a manuscript I don't know what it is but it was like you know the title was along the lines of like this is exactly what I'm I look like right now to me from the inside and um it really helped me to just get out what was going on because I think for a lot of writers scholars performers philosophers you know we we do so much internal work 
And if we don't get it out, like it, it can really ruin us because I feel like it's almost like being woke. The more you see, the more you see. And and if there's <laughs> if there's no one around you who gets it because they've not had that experience, I mean, I it's the it's one of the biggest lessons I learned moving to Ghana was that you are not black in Ghana. You are just another, in fact, you're a white girl. <laughs> and then you're a fellow Ghanaian, but Oboni Tutum, as we call you, so you're a black, white person. Um, that's the most discrimination you're going to get. And it, it, can, it can become difficult because people push against that because they don't want the white saviour. They don't want, even if it's in a black body, they don't want you to, to admit that maybe your exposure does have value. But being black is like a lot of work. And I believe that only people in any diaspora can understand the kind of mental labour that it takes to be between two worlds and, and eras and timeframes. The, the kind of labour we do, I'm not participating in the suffering Olympics or trying to be like our journey is harder than anyone else's, but it's hard work. And if you don't have somewhere to, to put it down, and I think putting it down in the black and white is important because we are still living in a space where, you know, um, white ways are still more respected and that's the, the mode of communication and of navigation. And so putting it down in black and white in any form, I think is important because then again, in 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, young people will be able to look at that in a way that we can't look back on the ancestors of any time in, in a wealth of um, options. And so, yeah, um, the poetry is important for me. There's another trick I've been using. I think it's a trick, I think it's working. And that is not just being specific in my prayer life, but you know, in the Bible, um, you'll hear people say God of Abraham or God of David. And it's like, depending on what they're praying or asking God for, they can call on those names. And I was like, you know what though? There are people in our right now that God has worked through and with and in that are like, this is what God did. And I was like, why wouldn't I do that? So I looked at people like Yvonne Orji, who is super transparent about her faith and someone that even though I've never met face-to-face, -face, I consider a mentor because she is diaspora and she is with African. She is an, um, an, an actress, an artist, and she's a Christian. And for me, no, I didn't have that. And so I pray, God of Yvonne Orji. You know, I'm calling on you as that God because I see what you've done for her. She's talking about what you've done for her. And I feel like my journey is similar. So that's something I started doing, make it re relevant to now. Because God hasn't stopped moving since Jesus. He's kept going no matter what anyone believes or faith systems, like things have still been happening. And so I found that was something very important for me was to go, oh, yeah, God is still in the miracle business. He's actually done it for this person. <clears throat> and so for, for a lot of us who don't necessarily have tangible 
role models or tat or physical people to reach out to i think the benefit of the internet social media and so on is that we can find those people they're all talking quite loudly um and really go okay god like i see you yeah those are those are two techniques that i that i do i mean the last thing is, um to acknowledge that healing is not linear it's really not and I don't think you'll ever forget, but I think being able to file it away that makes you go, okay, so if ever a trigger comes up again, I know exactly. It's, you know, like that thing that they say about if you're in a dark room and um, you hear a sound, it freaks you out. Or if you feel something, you don't know what it is, you're freaked out. It's only when you turn on the light and go, oh, I recognize what, oh, I just dropped a spoon. Oh, it was just my book falling down. It's not as scary. So I feel like rather than avoiding the triggers, as much as I don't like them, I kind of can go, okay, yeah, thanks for that one because it just means there's another layer of healing that can now happen. Yeah. Oh, shout out to writing, to poetry, to prayer, and being specific. And when you said the God of, I was like, that is such... A good, I'm I'm gonna try that. Okay, got a Beyonce, got a Oprah, I got a okay. Come on now, <laughs> because they all accessed, and that's the thing. Like we forget, people are accessing God in ways that everyone's like, well, how did they? It's like you don't know that they're on their knees, mm. and 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 they're in the Word or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like, this is what I need, and God's like, great, right. seek and you shall find, ask and you shall receive. It's right there. Mm. And you're all like trying to be po- I'm positive thinking, and I'm yeah, and it's like just uh, just simply ask and believe for it. Mm. It's 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 so simple, but we make it so hard, right? It's so simple. He really wants us to just come on, but we're like, oh, but excuses. But that's neither here nor there. I'm just grateful for all of the beautiful gems that you said and even the fact that like healing is now linear and we have to realize that even with our process, with consistency, with our journey, we just have to just do the best that we can. And a way to just, you know, show um, the, your words, your powers. I know that you have a poem to share with us today. Well, this is one that, this is one of those ones I found today that I was like, oh my God. Uh, It's not long. (laughs) To the hurting few, to the broken, our brokenness is not wasted. For those looking, walking and running towards the walls that will smash them to pieces must before arriving hear us and stop and pick up our pieces in order to see what they must not be. I love that that notion to the broken, right? That notion to find the pieces, that notion of arriving in here. And um, thank you for that. Because I think sometimes we get so caught up of like how much of we've, we've lost of ourselves along the journey, but how much we've also been able to been picked up and shaped and reformed and molded and transformed. And so just thinking about that, not even... Um, Staying to that notion of brokenness, but just tapping into that healing, tapping into that self. Um, I'm glad that you kept that in front of the notes. Like, there's always some gems in the notes, okay? Always, always. But... I mean, I write a lot about glitter, 
and I'm like, I love glitter, but glitter can't be what it is if it's not like little, little, little bits and pieces of, you know, you can look at foil, okay, but if you were to cut it all up into pieces, like you're like, well, that's a shiny, massive glitter. And so, yeah, shining in the brokenness. But then also you don't want other people to be broken. So like learn from learn from the ones who are as much as you can um, so that, yeah, you don't smash. <laughs> yes, but you can still shine. Effie, how are you on your way? Um, I've had to tell myself that I don't have to be a strong black woman. And that, in fact, in, 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 in some ways, I don't want to be. There's so many words that now are kind of have lost their weight because so many people use it. But I think so many people use it because so many people have been there. And that is um, allowing yourself to really be soft if you want to be. You know, some people want to be, like, hard and, and that's fine. But I, <laughs> I'm a Hufflepuff <laughs> or a little bit sweet. Um, and I, I'm finally getting to the point where I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to play the role of like this cool black girl anymore. I know that growing up, I had to use that. That was my currency. That was the only way to, to be given any respect or, or space or to be heard. But, um, I'm okay with sitting in my quietness and um and crying I'm okay with crying uh it's something I I grew up sort of being told like don't cry you know don't get emotional but but that's who God's made me that's how I can translate things into words and imagery and sound that people get moved by and so if I cut that away I'm just fighting exactly what who I am and that inner turmoil isn't worth it. Um, so, you know, yeah, soft. I'm on my way softly. Yes, I love that for us. I love that for you um, because the world definitely will try to make us a hard place. It definitely makes, you know, and to release that. Thank you so much for being soft, for being you. Um, can you tell the people where can they connect with you? Where can they support your work? But Instagram, it's um, underscore, so at underscore, it's Effie, E-double-F-I-E. -E. You can find me there. Um, in terms of my work, I mean, to be honest, if you're a praying person, pray for me because, um, you know, despite all the great things that we learn, there's still the reality of, like, how, how to get funded as a Black artist, how to reintegrate yourself into a system you left 10 years ago, you know? <laughs> So we're still trying to, there's a lot of writing I have that I'm still thinking through how to share it with the world. So keep, keep your going prayers, you know, um, if it's a publishing deal, if it's a, a theatre um, funding, like whichever and whatever it is, that's what I'm asking God for. Hopefully 2023 will be the time when I can start um, sharing. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm looking forward to just seeing any ways that I can just keep supporting, keep making space for us as in the diaspora, our work. Um, 
you're definitely going to be my prayers. I just can't wait to just see it keep happening because you've done so much. And there's obviously things that I haven't and we won't be able to see because they were in your darkness. But the fact that you keep smiling, you keep being the light, you keep inspiring us all. Blessings, blessings, blessings. May favor continue to rain on you. You know, may the rest of the season and beyond continue to be fruitful and that you, you know, continue to sow those seeds and you're able to visually, you know, and reap, you know, all the things that you thought you weren't possibly be, we weren't possibly able to receive in this lifetime. Um, for all of our wonderful listeners, wherever you are on your journey, just know that in the pursuit of your purpose, in the timing, it's divine. Just be patient, be consistent, and have your people around you to pray and uplift and hold you down. Until next time, this is Issa Cosette. Y'all be blessed.